see these things before. Like the Bible consists of two men, two humans, Adam and Adam. First Adam and last Adam. And they, this, they, they are the secret to all the problems in life. They are the secret to that. We only know first Adam after he sinned. But we do not know what he was like before he sinned. Right? We know the earthly walk of Jesus, last Adam. But we've been messed up because we think he came to save those that were lost. He came to save, to seek and save that which was lost. Right? Both of them are federal heads. Federal head means they're in charge of a nation. Like a president or something. Representative. But if you only see Jesus as the Messiah, you're not going to understand God's purposes for men, basically. Guys, last week we spoke about representation. And it was, it was a very good session, I must say. It was, it was something that touched me. When you prepare for such things, it's fine. But when you, when you sit and you listen to yourself and you go over after what you said, I was shocked and to realize that we are here upon the earth to represent God. Let me just put this thing softer. But, okay. And we need to come to <coughs> our understanding what does representation mean? Representation in the... In <coughs> In the nitty-gritty of translation means, representation means to stand or speak or act on behalf of another. Remember, remember last week I said to you, you must lay claim to that. That word, you must possess the word representation. And at the end we spoke about Romans chapter 8, verse 20, 29 to 30. And those who we call, those who we justify, those things. You know, and I sent it to you last night as well. Uh, I don't want to talk about that. But that, when I say you must possess the dimension of representation, you must lay ownership to it. You see, then you must begin to understand, I'm here to represent God. That's your biggest assignment in life. It's your assignment. You are here to represent God. And everything God does is connected to Genesis 1 to 20, 26 to 28. Everything he does. Right? We cannot just take out the cross and make the cross something that stands out now. Genesis 1 26. Let us make man is God's aim. That's God's goal. That's his desire. It's his purpose. And everything hangs on that. Everything hinges on that. So if you wanna, you have problems with, with we have problems with, with with sicknesses and diseases, and we have strife, and we we heard now that there was a, a terror attack on Israel, and those are the problems. All the problems start because of Genesis one twenty six not being fulfilled. Adam walking away from the purposes of God for human beings. God never had Israel or any other nation as his prime target. He had humans as his prime target. Race and schisms and divisions is not God's aim. And when we come before God with those things, I ask the question, does, does those things involve God's plan? Or is it outside? Outside, I'm not trying to be different. I'm looking at the scriptures. I'm asking God, show me the scriptures. You see, you see it. Not the way I, I've been taught. Right? I went to Bible school and I was raised a dispensationalist. My pastor in, in Johannesburg was a, a, he's still a hyper dispensationalist. Right? I went to Bible school, full gospel church, dispensational teaching, not, not covenantal. Dispensational and evangelical a mix. That's Pentecostal. 
When I came out of Bible school, I was a staunch dispensationalist. I was waiting for Christ to come and take me home. Right? And then I met this lady. And turned my attention of the rapture to herself. But what I'm trying to say to you is that if you if you see things wrong, you're gonna act wrong. So representation must be visited with a serious, serious mindset. We cannot take this thing seriously. We can take some chapter one seriously. We can take some chapter one seriously to a level, yes. We can take the prophetic seriously to a certain level. Even the apostolic take it serious to a certain level. But when you leave out God's prime purpose, Genesis 1, 26 to 28, you're going to go astray. And you can teach everything else besides representation and you're going to miss it. You're going to miss it big time. And I have missed it. When I came to representation, I said, wow. If this is who I am, then I need to step into it. I want to say to you, step into representation. Do not allow anybody else to distract you or lure you. <coughs> Paul writes to, to the Galatians and says, Who has beguiled you? Who has thrown you away? Who has witchcraft you? Who has made you not to see the truth? You started well in Christ, in the spirit, but you ended up in the flesh. Who has beguiled you? And most times, we begin like this. Christ is everything. And then we venture off to the right or to the left. We get, we get enthralled by the gifts. But we get enthralled by the graces, the, the many graces there are, basically. We get excited about the ministry gifts there are. You know, and I can go on and give you a whole list what we get distracted to and to, but we don't get we, we, we don't get centered on the message. The message of the Bible, Genesis 1, 26, 28, is simply this Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the message. I sense something here this morning. It's different. If we don't understand you are here to represent God in the capacity he has graced you, you're going to be miserable. Amen? Amen. So I want to I, I, I just go back to representation. Representation means to act, to stand on behalf, or to speak on behalf of somebody else or another. But it also means the, the other, the another, has authorized you to do that. That's the crux of the matter here. He's authorized you to do that. Let us make men fine and let them. That's authorization. Let them. Amen? Amen. Let them. But if you don't understand that, you will feel like you be, are being rented out. Let them. The word let is to let. Have you ever seen those signs to let? Yeah. Don't let it befall you. You are not here to be let out. You are not here to occupy space. You are here to represent him. Now listen now. In his fullness. <coughs> Hello? You are here to represent God in his fullness. Oh, but I am not. I'm so small. If he has seen fit to pour himself into you, then you better step up and realize he trusts you so much, so much, that it's easier for him <coughs> to trust you than for you to trust yourself in the capacity of representation. He trusts you very, very much. If you look at the character of God, you look at the attributes. Now, when we talk about character, we have the tendency as men to compare his character to our character. No, it doesn't work that way. The Bible says we love, but the Bible says God is love. 
present continual sense. He was loved in the past. And that's even wrong theologically. You cannot say he was loved because love never was. Do you get what I'm saying to you? Love, you can never refer to love was. Past tense. Love is always present all the time. Because God is love. God is omnipresent. Is everywhere at the same time. But we think in distinction. We think, is God now in Australia? Futile thoughts brings futile answers. God is in Australia. You know why? Because Australia is in God. Right now, God is everywhere. Because everywhere is in God. It's omnipresent. He chose you to represent his presence. Wherever you go, God goes. It's a lot, a lot to learn about the representation. If you say, if we say we are here to represent God, then you need to find out who you are. It's easy to say, I start in God, I end in God. I represent God. It's easy to say that, yeah. But who are you really? Okay. Because David asked the question in Psalm chapter 8. What is man? When I look at man and I see all that man has done in the fallen state of man, all that man has done, I say, wow. I look at the highest buildings in the earth. You look at the silhouette of Dubai. All those stunning buildings. I do not know how they did it. Stunning buildings. The Eiffel Tower in France was built by 300 men. Only 300 men. And they did it in two years without the modern technology we have. I said to myself, wow. What is man? Okay, we can all think about something that grips you, that man has done. Take racing cars. They get better day by day, guys, not month by month, day by day. When you listen to the drivers, how they talk, those guys are not just drivers, they are engineers. Lewis Hamilton lays under, under the, the car daily to better the car. And that's what I have against Mercedes Benz, not you. Mercedes-Benz did not listen to what the drivers tell them to do. What I'm trying to say is, humans can do things beyond their wildest imagination. Remember God says, when they build the Tower of Babel, there's nothing that will stop men from doing what they intended to do. God says it. David says, wow, what is men? So if men is like this in its fallen state, can you imagine what men would have been like if Adam never fell? Representation is a subject that needs to be looked at with earnest expectation. You must draw something from it all the time. Let's stop highlighting prophecy, highlighting songs, highlighting worship and this and that. Look at Representation, the scope of representation. God says, I will trust you until you bring. <coughs> Sorry. My purpose is to pass. God says, I will not interfere. And the only interference was Christ came to the earth to restore mankind. Representation doesn't start when Christ comes back. Let me just get this hyper-dispensational nonsense out of the way. Everything will not change when Christ comes back. Everything changed at the resurrection. Guys, I'm sorry, this morning I'm, I'm not feeling my chest is, is tight, but I'm feeling very excited about this. Representation is something that God is stirring the church now. Another word for representation, and listen carefully to me now, is the word kingdom. 
is with kingdom. There's a lot of kingdom flo floating out there, a lot of teachings, and a lot of uh, ecclesia. There's a lot going on there in church, basically. But I've got to hear the back of my mind, hear the back of my mind. That is not what God had in mind. It is just an introduction. So when we talk about representation, you got to ask yourself the question, why does God trust you so much? Okay? Why does God trust you so much? Simply saying this to you, he has put himself in us. That's why he trusts you. Because he knows himself. Okay. You made him maybe expected a very highly theological explanation of why does God trust you so much? God trusts you so much because he trusts himself. Think about that. He trusts you so much because he put himself in you. And the way we have been deceived is putting that perception down <coughs> of God looking at you, looking to you to fulfill his purposes. The only way that God could save his plan was this, to become a man. The only way you could do. And before time, he decided, I'm going to step into human format. Ben he explains it like this. For God to become a man is like a human being becoming an ant. Those black little ants the Cape love so much. I don't know. Don't know why the Cape loves so much and the Capetonians hate it so much. But the little ant, God said, God said, I'll step into the body. Look how much God loves us. He trusts himself because he loves you. So representation means simply, you have been given the right, you've been authorized by God to be like Him in His place where you are. <coughs> You're supposed to act like Him. You're supposed to think like Him. You're supposed to, obviously, all the time, be an accurate representation. I want to go beyond representation. I want to go to accurate representation. Accurate. Like this. Oh, is Jesus here? And God looks at Joe. God says, Jesus, yeah. Okay, I could, I could have used Brian. I could have used Marion, but you know, I could have don't, 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 please don't say that. Why don't you use me? I did my hair so well this morning. Um, it's the compliment <laughs> Yeah. So it chose us to show off himself. But some things about God we need to he boasts about us. Let's shock you this morning. The devil comes before God, right? But this is a this is not in heaven. This is a, a, a the book of Job is an allegory. There's a question in theological circles that asks, did it ever happen? There's a question. I'm not going to go into theological arguments about that. But the devil comes before God. Right? And, and God says, who initiates a conversation? God. Have you seen Job? I'm going to warn you. When God starts to boast about you, all hell is going to break loose. God, what do you think of me? Uh, don't, don't answer. Uh, don't answer, please. Don't, don't go there. Don't ask him. Because you're going to get messed up. Have you seen Job? Yeah, he just serves you because you protect him all the time. Got a hedge around him. In other words, you think a lot about Job, Father. And Satan says, just for once, drop the hedge. I want to sort him out. The best compliment you can get from the devil. Doesn't it sound like Peter? Mm. Satan is desired to sift you like wheat 
but I have prayed for you. I came in on behalf of you. You'll be tested. No matter what. Some of us have been tested very, very severely in this year, in last year as well. Amen. But you passed the test. Please pass the test, guys, because you're going to go back to the same test. Amen. The wilderness, that, that, that stretch be, between the Red Sea and the Jordan is very short. Two million people could have finished that in 42 days, they say. It took 40 years. Please, don't let somebody else's opinion of Scripture delay your entry into the image of God. Do not let <coughs> theology, wrong theology, false doctrine, deception, delay God's plan for your life. God's plan for your life is Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's all God has for you. That's all He has for you. But listen, it's not small. It's big. Are you with me this morning? I sense a very tense moment around the table. You can even you can even take a moment and cut the moment open and more intensity will come out of the moment. I sense God is saying here, teach my people right. And I am not one to play games with what God speaks to me. The last three months, God has been speaking to me over and over again. Different angles. I had to put them together. It's almost like a, a, a floral bouquet. I had to take them, put them together. You know, when, when you put flowers to just in a vase at random, it's still flowers, okay, but it does. There's no appeal to it. When you take somebody that knows how to do a bouquet, how to array flowers, put them together. Ah, oh, well, and you will say, wow. Have you seen women coming together with, 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 you know, with all the, I can't say paint now, I've got to use the right word, with all the, <laughs> with all the mascara, what do you call it? Makeup. With all the makeup. <laughs> and they know how to put it together. The best compliment you can get, woman, if you find it properly, is for a man to walk past and say, Wow, girl, that's a good compliment. Do not interpret men's things wrong, please, as a belief. It's not men. <laughs> So listen to me now, but that's the compliment you you have, right? When you when you make yourself beautiful, now can you see yourself representing God accurately? It's almost like God creates Adam and Eve in the garden, <clears throat> and here stands a rose bush, and Adam walks past, and the one rose says to the other rose. Did God duplicate himself? Come on, guys. It's an illusion. You're seeing God double. Representation means <laughs> you are God's double act. Amen. Let it sink in. Next time you take your child and you whack your child on the back, do it in the image, please, man. Don't do it out of anger. You can flex But do not also do what the other people do. I love you in the name of Jesus. No, that's not going to work either. Do it in the proper attitude. If God is in the child, God will feel it as well. You, you're you eating him as well. Fine. Uh, 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 this, this representation thing 
This representation thing makes you think about all your actions. I am now at this moment looking at my prayer life and I'm saying to myself, and sorry, again, put it off. Put this off. Don't want it on there. If you get got that part in there, take that part out, please. You need to understand who you are to accurately represent God. Accurate. I want to go over the words that we, we closed with last week, basically. Psalm chapter 8. Psalm chapter 8. Those who me for new. Romans chapter 8. Verse 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 29 to 30. What did you say? Psalm. Did I say Psalms? Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Romans chapter 8, verse. But 29 to 30. 28 is that beautiful scripture says all things work together for good, eh? To those that are? Okay. In other words, all things doesn't work together for good for everybody. I've been made it clear now. To those that love the Lord. If you don't love the Lord, things aren't working out good for you. Come on. Okay. Those who me for new, you predestined. To be conformed to the image of his son. Am I right? The firstborn of many brethren. And those that he called, he justified. And those that he justified, he glorified. So you can say to yourself now, you have been predestined. Your destiny has been pre. If you can say that. Your destiny has been selected before you were born. Your die has been cast <coughs> before your mother and father did the act. Right? If they didn't do the act, then you, you were an orphan. No, so I'm just saying that you were adopted. Guys, saying that you were you, God for knew you. In other words, he knew you from before. He said, this is my son. He looked at Karen and said, there's my son. Wait for time. There's my son. I'm going to give my son everything my son needs to represent me. And no matter what happens in son's life, in this case, son is Karen. What happened in son's life, it has, it has, been, it has been selected all gathered together. To form the image. Hello. Can I, can I just talk about the bad things that happen in your life? Let me use my mother and my father. They were, they were, they, what, what I hear from, they were, they were madly in love. But when my father started to drink, things changed. My mother became the, you know, the, the, the rag of the family and he would beat her every Friday evening, every Saturday and every Sunday. Monday to Friday he would be the most loving husband and my mother would be happy. Maybe you have the same experience in life sometimes. If you have the same experience in life, leave the man. I'm sorry, but if, if you have the same experience. Don't get beaten up. Don't be like the old woman that says, who's going to take care of me? Take care of yourself. And old draconical methods. Let me leave that. If you have been foreknown by God, He knew about you and all the bad things and all the bad things, all the beatings, all the, you know, how many affairs the man had, or how many things happened in your life. How, don't know how, many, how much grief your children caused you. All those things worked out for your better. Hello? I was shot. 
And when I laid in the hospital, not knowing if my leg would be put off or what. I wasn't angry against the guy that shot me because I felt nothing. I just saw the bullet all there. I said to God, I don't know what happened here. But I've forgiven the man. I've forgiven the man that shot me. Even if my leg would be put off, I forgive him. Because I really thought my, my leg was going to be put off. But you know what? I realized if these things are in God's pattern and plan, in His will, He has designed the outcome already before it happened. And that's about God. He sees things before it happens. And He works it into His plan. So Karen is a son, and all the things that happen in life, good and bad, good and bad, and sometimes more bad than good, works out for the best in what in relation to Genesis 1, 26 to 28. Because God knew it was going to happen. He took all those things and put it into his daughter's destiny. Those whom he foreknew, he predestined. For what? To be conformed, to be fashioned, to be molded into the image of Christ. Image of Christ simply means sonship. God is after son. We should actually have a, a competition. Who can represent God better than the other? Not in the flesh, in the spirit, because in the flesh we're going to kill one another. Yeah. We should be conformed to the image, fashioned to the image. Everything that happens in your life should be fashioned. Now, can I just okay here, stop a bit and say the best way of fashioning you into the image of God is the word. I'm just gonna go a bit away from image, okay, uh, representation. The best way of building Christ in you is the Word. And the best way of hearing the Word of God <coughs> is through teaching. Hello? Yes. Jesus, Jesus was known for teaching. I'm going to challenge your mind now. He was known for teaching. We know him for miracles and signs and wonders in the cross. Jesus was known for teaching. How many times don't you read in, in the Gospels? And he taught them saying. He taught them parables. He was all the time teaching, teaching, teaching. Hello? The Apostle Paul. Who turned Asia upside down. What, what, he, what was his mechanism? Teaching. The school of Tyrannus. Read Acts chapter 17, Acts chapter 18, Acts chapter 19. He turned Ephesus and Asia Minor upside down by teaching. Teaching. That's what I'm doing now. Teaching. Teaching has the way of transforming mindsets. Amen. Why do you think many ministers are falling down now? Because they've diverted from teaching. They've diverted to gimmicks. Coming back to what what Mike spoke about, he, he, he looked at Hill Songs, the program. Gimmicks. Hello? Yeah. If songs becomes the aim of a ministry, that ministry is going to fall. Hello, church. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> if drama is the aim of a ministry to get people in, it's going to crash. Okay. If money is the aim for a ministry, then there's ministries that makes money. It's going to crash. It's going to fall down completely. You only build around Christ. And let me just check in here and say to you, the only one that can build church is Christ. No one else can. I will build my church. I will build it. In other words, perfect men builds Christ a place to dwell in. 
Are you okay with that this morning? Representation simply says we're going to get back to the old order. The old order is Genesis 1, 26 to 28. But then there's another shift that takes place. We will discuss that in the, com in the coming weeks. We're not going back to the Garden of Eden. We're going to another level. First Adam, a living soul, right? Last Adam, a life-giving spirit. You see the, the, the kumze. Adam, Adam, even before he sinned, lived from the realm of the soul. And man became a living soul. He lived from the realm of the soul. When last Adam comes and those that accept his, his sacrifice, embrace him, they are raised from the soul realm to the spirit realm. It's a big difference. First Adam operates from the Garden of Eden. Last Adam operates from the throne of God. It's a big difference here. Most of the songs we sing in church now is the soul realm. There are songs awaiting the church now that's from the heavenly realm. It's going to break. It's breaking out all over the world now, but it's going to break out like a deluge. The world is in a mess because we're not representing right. Okay? It's not nice to hear that uh, all these cyclones and these, these storms and these tornadoes all over the world are going to hit Portugal now. Then it's going to hit Italy. Then it's going to hit this. And they give these things names. There's one called Saint Philippe. Sounds so godly, ne? And the destruction is not godly. Saint Philippe. What's the other one called? There's one called Saint Agna. A woman, no? Agnes. Agnes, yeah. Saint Agnes eating the, 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 the islands. Said, my God. Right. And we have church meetings all around us. And no one inter can interpret these things. I can interpret some of it for you. I'm saying, God is saying, get back to basics. Don't destroy the planet. Did not give you the right to destroy the planet. I gave you the right to manage the planet. So the planet says, says saying, I'm gonna, I'm gonna teach you right by, 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 by uh, getting into Gordon's Bay and taking out restaurant one by the other. I'm just saying to you, things are changing. We're gonna get back in order. It's a season. This, to me, this calamity in all the world. I'm just saying to me now, we are not hearing God speaking to us. God is addressing things. He's using these things to get our attention. He's saying, sons, you're supposed to be sons. You're not supposed to react. Okay. But now, you, you to be conformed, to be conformed, to be molded into the image of God. That is representation. Things are changing so fast in church. I heard somebody say, for years, in, in one of his meetings, says, for years we had requests. And there's no more requests. I, was still, I wasn't paying attention. I heard him say, I said, what? No more requests? For me, it sounded like this guy's ungodly. But then I realized he has heard something in the spirit. Because, because in church, we are request-driven. Don't say amen, say ina. We are request-driven. Amen? You know, we, we pray for things, okay? And, then if, and, and if things happen according to our prayer and our belief, hallelujah, if things doesn't happen, we question. We question. You know why? Because we do things wrong. Representation is the answer. Exact representation. You must represent the image all the time. Why? Next word from image is the word firstborn. We've done firstborn to a certain extent. We've done firstborn. Christ is the firstborn in many instances, 
but he's the firstborn from the dead. Meaning, all humanity that fell and died before he came, he fell into that death. So that he can be the firstborn among many brethren. So when Christ died, he died for the purpose of bringing forth many brethren. I've never heard myself saying that. Christ died to bring forth many brethren. And you can go tell the people where you come from, Joe. Zambia, isn't it? I almost said Zimbabwe. You always said Zimbabwe. <laughs> right. So when Christ died, he died for this reason to be resurrected. Amen. God is holding me here at the back. My braces. Don't teach resurrection yet. Not, not the time now. But when that deluge of resurrection comes, the world will be shocked. If the same spirit that rose Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he will what? Quicken. Quicken. Go look at the word quicken. I'm not going to talk about that. He will quicken. He will almost like disorientate your body, your physical appearance completely into newness of life. We don't understand being born again, guys. Being born again doesn't mean those of you who want to give your heart to Jesus Christ now, will you slap up your hand, please? I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand, I see that hand. Would you come forward, please? That's not being born again. That is initiating only. That is simply a sign. I accept what you're saying. I'm entering into a order now. A different order. That is what born again is so so beautiful. It's all over scripture. Do you remember the story of Jesus telling about the, the two men that went from the, the one the men that decided to go from Jerusalem to Jericho? I don't know if you ever noticed that Jerusalem and Jericho is about 900, 900 feet difference in descending and ascension. So you have to go down and go down and go down. So this man went from Jerusalem to Jericho. On the way down, on the way of degeneration, he went down. He fell among thieves and robbers. Sin and death. I'm just paraphrasing, okay? Sin and death, and they left him for death. Stripped him. And while he was laying there and being robbed, the thief come, come not but for to kill, to steal, and to steal. When you lay in that state there, up comes different people. Comes the priest. Right? Comes the Pharisee. You can put your own name in there if you want to. And they tried. He said, no, we don't have time for this now. That's what church basically is. We don't have time for this now. You know, God. And then who, who comes there? Samaritan. The Samaritan. The Samaritan and the Jews did not sit next to one another around the same campfire. What you see now in Israel is the Samaritan effect. What did he do? He poured oil on the wounds, right? And, and left him at the inn. Left him at the inn. You can call the inn the church. If you want to. And said, I'll come back for him. Yeah, that's it. I'll come back for him. And that's on the second coming, guys. He said, I'm going to come and check. How is he doing? In other words, I've raised you up. And I will continue checking you on your being raising up. Come on, man. Let's be born again. Going from the heights to the depths. The prodigal son. A picture of being born again. Where the father looks out for the son continually. <coughs> Beautiful pictures of this. We need to get a grip of representation. To do it properly. First born. Then it says, those whom he called. The word called there. Runs parallel with the word that 
God called, said to, said to Adam, name the animals. And Adam Kara, he called the animal forth. God called you forth. From himself. Almost like God said, Joe! Joe! And Joe comes forth. That's calling. God doesn't call things for nothing. Go read Isaiah 58, 55, from 6 to 9. As this, we did it a couple of weeks ago. As the rain falls from the heaven and the snow does not return void back unto it, but it accomplished the thing where it sent unto. And what is snow and rain supposed to do? Amen. Seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Does not return void unto it. So shall the word be. How does God call you? He calls you by the word. Louise! And Louise comes forth. Struts. And men say, as a belief, no need. I can't just Louise stop. Louise is the highest stop. Elke vrouw is the highest stop. I say for all in for Marion, kick him away like Karen. I'm beginning to say, wow. I'm, I can compliment very well if I want to. My yeti made the only stop here. This man, he made a good one. And better than this one. I only got eyes for you, girl. Kick your own thing. And the glucky diner will say, you can't eat menu cake for the restaurant, you can't eat bread, you can't eat bread, you can't eat bread. Okay. So I'm called, we called to represent. Then it says something that, 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 that baffles me. The justified, those whom we call the justified. He justified you before you sinned. Come on. Am I right? You justified. You can actually say, Oh, justified. No one can find something wrong with you. There's not one single person that can lay a charge against you. If the Son of God, who had all the right to charge you, does not do it, who can bring something against God's elect? What shall we say then? God before us, who can be against us? That is not the motivational verse. That is a state of being verse. If God, who has the right to charge you, does not charge you, who the hell has the audacity to charge you? No one can. Are you with me? Justified. And he says, and those whom he justified, he glorified. He gave you weight. He gave you value. He gave you, man, he gave you worth. He gave you such wealth and such value. All the gold in the world cannot compare with what God thinks of you. The question I'm going to ask you is this. Did Adam need it? To be called when God created him? Are you sure? Did Adam need it to be justified? Did he ever need to be glorified? Why not? He was already. He was already that. So when the enemy came and told Adam to be like God, and Adam fell for that prank. He stepped right into the trap of the enemy. Because the biggest problem with Adam was he did not know who he was in God. Amen. The problem with the church is this. Being educated wrong. Misinformed. Malaligned with deception. 
God said to me recently in a dream, I've designed you to walk with certain people. Don't walk with others. You'll never get far. I woke up. You know, sometimes these things can, these things can disturb you. But I was at peace. I knew whom God wanted me to walk with. If you walk with somebody, if you're not supposed to walk with, get rid of that person. How do you get rid of the person? Don't fire them, walk away. Pray for chicken feet, anointing, walk away. You know why? You are here to represent him. You fall under, shock is more, you fall under two categories. Adam, first Adam before you sin, you fall under that category, and you fall under last Adam. The problem is, we only know last Adam for the reason of the cross, and nothing else. They came to bring in a simply stunning new order. If any man is in Christ, he's a Come on. The Greek says a new specimen that never existed before. Are you listening? If any man is in Christ, he is a new specimen that never existed before. So if Mary and Brian comes to Christ on the 29th of August, they get to know Christ. Everything else before that does not exist anymore. Come on. God does not think of you that way anymore. The problem is you need to get to, to the same level of thinking. What's the time? You need to get to the same level of thinking. I think I said enough now about representation. And it's much deeper than this. Much, much deeper than this. And one of the best ways to understand representation is to how the apostolic dimension <coughs> explains it now. We have been shifting along all the time. Did I say it right? Shifting, right? Not the other word that you might have heard. We've been shifting from paradigm to paradigm. Take the Holy Spirit, for instance. Paraclete. We only know him as comforter. But the word comforter doesn't mean, oh, sister. Not like that. You understand that, eh, Joe? Sorry, sorry, man. Right. Comforting doesn't mean that. Comforting, the word comforting comes from the word oikodomeo, which means building. Building. It comes to build you. <coughs> it comes to build you. It's like when, when God said to Adam, Yes, you help me. She will help you build. Amen? Amen. So we are shifting along. The Holy Spirit makes you whole, complete. Like a woman makes you whole in marriage. The Holy Spirit makes you whole for Christ. We can talk about the Holy Spirit just a little bit from a new dimension. Amen. So I'm done, guys, for the day. Tuesday night we meet by Karen, Karen and Mike's residence. Can we do that?